Hey, 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 we are back, back in the saddle, Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Just excited to be here today. Excited that you are out there listening somewhere around the world. I believe that God has a word for us that will bless us and take us into this ending of the 2022 year. I believe that this is a word and uh, I, I just know that God's hand is on it. I want to talk from the topic, holding on to the truth, holding on to the truth. Um, literally Christian operatives in a postmodern world. And I, I use that word both strongly and loosely, loosely in the sense that I know that we are not uh, covert operatives in the sense of what CIA or FBI or, or something of that magnitude in SA, but we are covert operatives in the world that we work for the Lord and we are destined for victory because greater is he this in us than he this in the world and that there is a call and there's a unique purpose to everyone under the name of heaven that has a call or a purpose or a ministry assignment uh, that will glorify the name of Jesus Christ. And so all of us who are members of the body of Christ are for all intents and purposes, Christian operatives. So let me define the term operative. Let me define the term operative. Producing an appropriate effect. Producing an appropriate effect. In other words, when God called us, he put a stamp of approval on us. He set us aside, sanctified us. He justified us. He gave us grace. He gave us mercy. He gave us tools for our assignment that were put in us from the very foundation of the world. And with that special divine blend, that special call that God has put in our lives, that purpose that he's given us, we're able to accomplish the things that he desires. He's producing the ability for us as operatives to produce an appropriate effect. Let me say this. Another word is efficacious. Every operative is efficacious, efficacious because of the blood of Jesus that's running through your veins and the grace of God that's on your head. But having the power to produce the desired effect. And with that, there are operative techniques. And we'll talk about that a little later on in the podcast. But there are techniques that God calls us to use to make sure that we're effective in the world. The second thing, the second definition, when I think of the word operative, most significant or essential, the operative word in a phrase, the operative facts. In other words, you are a significant being. I don't care whether your ministry is in the back room, the front room, if it's a, with a title or without a title. Your ministry, your call, your purpose, your assignment is significant in the earth. There's no insignificant individual who names the name of Christ, who's been given a ministry assignment or a ministry call or a ministry purpose that is insignificant. So I don't care where you are or what position you are on the chart or whether you're furthest to the right or further to the top or further to the bottom or over to the left. That's insignificant. What's significant is that you complete the call on your life. If it's raising your children, if it's being a good father, if it's being a good leader, if it's being a, a good president or CEO, if it's being a good janitor, 
if it's being a good witnesser, if it's being a good evangelist, if it's being a good prophet, whatever your call is, if it's being a good mother or single mother, if it's being a great manager on your job, if it's being uh, someone who educates in the classroom, whatever your call is, there is no insignificant call in the body of Christ. Are you, are you catching this? No insignificant call. So I, I want you to plant that in your spirit that you have the power to produce an appropriate effect, that you are significant, you are essential. When I think of the word operative in a sentence, it's about the essential word or the essential phrase. So you are essential. Number two, you are exerting force or influence, operating an operative stature. You are exerting force. The kingdom suffered violence and the violent take her back by force. We're mobile. We're agile. We agitate sometimes. We we don't just sit by the sidelines, com compromising, sedentary, with our mouths shut. But sometimes we have to make waves. Sometimes we have to make waves in the spirit realm. Those of you who have called to prayer, make waves in the spirit realm. Pull down strongholds in the name of Jesus. Fight the good fight of faith. If we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. There's no way that we can be in the body of Christ, be called, be chosen, be filled with his Holy Ghost, be given the full armor of God and have no reason to use it. You, my brother, my sister, are an operative a Christian operative operating in a postmodern world, a world that declares that there is no truth, there is no right, there is no wrong, there is no need for a judge, there is no need for a Bible, there is no need for a plumb line, there is no need for moral responsibility, there is no need for anyone to give directions. Let everyone be persuaded in their own mind to do whatever it is they want to do, whenever it is they want to do it, and whatever's right to them is right to them, whatever's wrong to them is wrong to them, and if we have 20 rights and 20 wrongs coming from the same individual so what so i don't believe that i believe that there is there are standards for right there are standards for wrong and that whether or not we agree with those standards doesn't mean that the game needs to be changed in other words when you play football and i'm talking about american football because i'm familiar with that better than soccer but in american football you have four lines on the outside of the field, they make up the framework of the field. If you outside of those lines, anything designated inside of those lines is part of the game. It's fair game. But things on the outside of that line are called out of bounds. And I don't care if you catch the ball and it's in the end zone, but you're out of bounds. It does not count. Nothing counts that's out of bounds. So everything in life has standards. There's standards for children being birthed. There's standards for how our hair grows on our head. There's a, a system for uh, seeds when it germinates and, and creates in the ground. There, there are standards. And, and even if you don't like the way that happens, if you want to change the way the seed germinates, you're doing aquaponics. But at the same time, the basic compliance to nature, the basic compliance to the way the blueprint that God put in the earth is still there. And so we can want to change anything we want to change and you have the right to change it, but it does not make it the new standard. It just makes it a substandard of the new standard, because in order to get a new standard, there had to be an old one. All right, let's 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 move on. Let's move on. We need a word in order for you to operate for at for operatives christian operatives to operate in this postmodern world you need a word 
You need something to stand on. You need an assignment. So therefore, here it is. First Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm, stand firm, stand steadfast. Don't move. Don't look to the right, to the left. Complete your assignment. No matter what's going on around you, don't let anything disturb your peace. Remember what God said and do what God said. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. Listen, hear me out. It may not seem significant, but remember, as a Christian operative, whatever God has called you to do is significant. The small things are significant. The things that seem insignificant are significant. The things that seem non-vital are significant. Everything in the body of Christ is significant because God dots every I and crosses every T. So number three, the why of this present day society. Why is this necessary for us to have this discussion about holding on the truth? You have to hold on the truth in the midst of a world of lies. Let's let's listen to this. And I'm going to be really delving into Second Corinthians uh, as a commentary for me, um, really kind of releasing what God put in my spirit this morning to kind of help uh, expand the text and help us to understand the text and move forward in the text. But it, it's, it's powerful for us to look around and stop and just see what's going on around us. Watch this. Listen to this. And this is a fact. It's easy to stray away from the truth of God's word. Come on. It is so easy. You get around a boardroom table. You get around a, a meeting. You're sitting at happy hour. You're somewhere with a group of, of friends, but everybody's got an opinion and everybody has to be heard. and Everybody wants to be heard. And so you get all of these opinions. And here's, here's something about opinions. All opinions sound good. But all opinions don't have sound truth. All opinions sound good, but all opinions don't have sound truth. So it is easy to be persuaded by the persistent uh, uh, battering of the world with all of these opinions. The world system is constantly releasing toxic contaminants as a source of erosion against the rock of God's word. God's word says A, the world says B. God's word says B, the world says D, E, F, and G. God's word is constantly being slandered, is constantly under attack. And we have to be aware of that and be willing to stand in the truth of God's word. Now, I could go through and give a lot of situations, but there's so many people listening from so many different walks of life, from so many different countries. Each of you have your own uh, empirical experience, your own participant observation, knowledge of being in certain settings and listening to people say things that are contrary to the word of God. There's not a Christian operative out there that is not exposed to this on a daily basis. The world system acts as a corrosive acid to the truth of God's word, attempting to weaken its base and bend its truths. We the body of Christ, Christian operatives have to be steadfast in this season, stubborn in our resistance, yet loving, kind and compassionate to the people who have fallen victim to the sway of unfettered lies and false truth. We have to love people. We can't just take a, a stance and be obstinate. We have to take a stance and remember the grace that God has given us to even have a stance. 
Are you hearing me? We have to love people to wholeness. We have to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. He who winneth souls is wise. We have to know that we love Jesus because he first loved us. Then in order for us to win souls, we must demonstrate and show the love of Jesus Christ. It's not about being a force toward a force. It's about being a loving force. It's about being a persuasive force. It's about being a force that that embraces meekness, strength under control, and knows how to carefully and meticulously draw people into the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That's that's what we're here for. That's what we do. Uh, we're not here to just go backwards and forwards and contend. That's not always our role. Yes, sometimes we do have to contend for the faith, but sometimes we need to back up and say, hey, this is a time where I need to sit quietly and pray. This is a time where I need to wait for the weight of my word to to boil to a place where when I drop it in the midst of this group or this this uh, these people that they will be persuaded, fully persuaded in their mind about the power of the love of Jesus Christ. My words have weight. Your words have weight. So wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Let him strengthen your heart. And but when the time is right, be ready, be strategic. Be wise. Drop the word. Amen. Be sagacious in a business meeting. Drop the word. But you don't have to uh, paint it with a scripture and a verse. You just have to know it. It has to come out of your heart. It has to bleed through your lips. It has to flow out of your belly like rivers of living water so that when it's dropped, not only do you know it's the word of God, but it is inspired. And since it's inspired, not only does it inspire you, but it inspires people that are sitting around the table with you. Are you catching me? Are you catching me? So there's a plethora of untested, unproven, unvetted lies that permeate our daily lives, hearts and minds and souls. And if we are not grounded in the word of God, that means every morning we got to get up and study. We got to make time to get up, study, show thyself approval, workman, need if not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to take the time. Stop. Take the time. Stop. You're going to get back in the fight. You got to take the time to get back in the word of God and systematically, no rush, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, reading little by little, retooling yourself, reproving yourself, making sure that you're right, making sure that you're in the faith, making sure that you're steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the word of the Lord. Okay, so we take the time to do that every day because of the onslaught that we're going to uh, be attacked by or we're going to be entrenched by or drenched by as we are on our daily grind in the marketplace. So if we are not grounded in the word of God, we will be swept away in this false validation, this false doctrine of the world system, which are both anti-God and anti-Christ. So finally. What do I want to share? The role of an operative. Second Corinthians four helps us with this. And the first thing we need to look at, I'm just going to look at, I believe, three verses, the role of mercy in ministry, the role of mercy in ministry. Paul essentially writes that the only reason we have our ministries is because we have received of his mercies. OK, we're doing what we're doing, not because we're so great, not because we're so bright, not because we're so intelligent, not because we're so powerful, not because we're so special, but because of his mercies. Amen. So if we receive mercies, then we ought to give mercies. That's why our words must be seasoned with grace. We don't deserve anything to have 
any call, to have any purpose. But God gave us mercies and looked on us with those mercies and said, hey, I'm going to choose my son. I'm going to choose my daughter. I'm going to give them an assignment. I'm going to give them a call. I'm going to give them a purpose. And they're going to go forth and do it. It is the grace and the mercy of God. So let us be sober minded about our dispositions in Christ. We can't come at people like we're better than they are. We have to come at people like we understand where they are because we understand where we've been. All right. In the midst of this season and dispensation, we cannot fail or quit. Since God trusted us, we do not lose heart. We should stay focused. God has our backs. Okay. That's verse one. Summarize. Verse two. And I talk about ministry sensibilities, things that we need to do, things that operatives need to do. We need to do certain things that glorify God. We need to do certain things that glorify God. Okay. These things help us to exert force and influence. So number one, let's get our head together. Let's make sure we got this right. Number one, renounce sin and the hidden things of shame in our lives. We have to make sure that we are prepared, that we have examined ourselves, that we too are walking upright before God, are living holy, are striving for excellence in Christ Jesus, making sure that we are letting our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorifying our Father which is in heaven. And we particularly have to go after those things that have come to destroy us, those yokes of bondage, those yokes of, of past habitual habits, those yokes of, of uh, destruction and blindness that try to keep us from pursuing the call, the purpose, the assignments of God. We should not walk in craftiness, trying to be slick or deceitful or manipulation with the word of God, teaching other people things that we ourselves have yet to master. But we ought to ask God to give us the strength, to give us the courage, to cut off anything that's not like him. Search us. If there be any wicked way in us, Lord God, remove it. Take it away from us. Nor should we handle the word of God deceitfully for our own selfish gain. Remember kingdom principle number one. It is not about you. Make sure that when we're doing what we're doing, we're doing it to the glory of God, for the purpose of God, for the assignment of God, for the call of God, that we're going through this test, looking for a testimony so that God will get the glory because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. This is the season of the saints. This is the season of the Christian operatives taking it to the devil by force. The word of God, when handled properly, should cause us to manifest. People should see the truth. We should manifest the truth of God's word. They should see a difference in us as our light shine in the world. We should be in their conscience of should be in the conscience of men as a mirror of God's reflective grace. I think I did four scriptures for you, but the point of the matter is. We are here to make a difference, to insert influence, to be the people that God have called us to be, producing an appropriate effect, an appropriate result, having the power to produce the, desi produce the desired effect. We are significant. We are essential in this season. We are exerting force or influence. We are operating in the world today, every day. In church, out of church, in season, out of season. We are the church without walls and we cannot. 
be marginalized and set on the corner as if God has no significant voice in us. His word that's in your belly shall not return unto you void. Hear me, Christian operatives, go and do the will of the Lord. So here's the bottom line. I'm reading Romans 12. You know it. 12, 1 through 3, the amplified version. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world. And I love that. When we give our lives wholly, sacrificially, it's well-pleasing to God. It's both rational, logical, and intelligent. It's an act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed. So we're constantly being changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what is the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. God has a plan, significant plan. And purpose for you. And every time we submit our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, it is indeed rational, logical, intelligent, but it is an act of worship. Last verse for by grace, for by the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you not to think of yourself more highly of yourself, to think more highly of himself and of his importance and ability than he ought to think. But to think so as to have sound judgment as God has apportioned to each a degree of faith and a purpose designed for service. He's given us a degree of faith and a purpose designed for his service. Listen, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to all the Christian operators out there. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I pray today that you share this word, that it reaches the masses and the nations because of you, because you understand the power of this word and what God is saying to the body of Christ significantly all over the world. Remember one thing for me, go and influence the nations. God bless you.